this school here on my left is called the Butterfly Valley. That's a lovely name for a school. Some kids are playing outside. It's a gorgeous day. Really, weather for butterflies. There's some kids cycling on the pavement. They pass me by. It's, it's really springtime. And I know that that is not the case for where all my listeners live in some parts of the world. It's either super warm in the middle of summer in other parts it's uh, it's still cold and there is still snow and ice but over here in Europe and especially today in the Netherlands oh, I can feel the warmth of the sun on my face so I'm getting an extra shot of, of vitamin D and I need it I've, I've been a little bit under the weather this past week it's a combination I think of uh, fatigue um, I've been editing almost non-stop for several weeks now with uh, a succession of deadlines. Almost every week I have to produce a TV episode, as you know. And uh, I, I don't think I've ever worked this fast. I'm, I'm not working that hard. I mean, I, I try to really limit the time that I'm sitting behind the computer. I go home uh, at six o'clock. I don't work in the, until, you know, late night or even in the middle of the night as in previous times. But it's still non-stop work all the time. And I'm um, cranking out new episodes, <laughs> trying to be as creative as possible. Like this week, um, I'm, I'm uh, doing an episode. It's the first part of a, a two-parter about the... Uh, are on the occasion of the sixth anniversary of the pontificate of um, or the election of Pope Francis just six years ago already 2013 I think it was March 14 on uh, on St. Peter's Square that the uh, the skies cleared up it stopped raining and we saw white smoke and the rest is history and so I'm uh, working on one episode about the Franciscan aspects of his pontificate and I uh, have to do that, unfortunately, on, on the basis of material that I shot also a, quite, a, quite a while ago. I did a, one of my first TV shows was about, or one of the first episodes that I produced myself was about St. Francis and Claire. And I interviewed uh, uh, a Clarist nun and a Franciscan uh, father about their vocation mostly. Not that much about Pope Francis, a little bit. Um, and I interviewed um, an art historian also about St. Francis in, in art. Very interesting people, very interesting testimonies. And back then, I didn't have much experience or no experience whatsoever editing that together. So I've recently rewatched that episode and I'm thinking, hmm, the material is good. It's not, I mean, I've learned a lot in terms of filming over the time. It's, it's not unusable, uh, but I can see that I filmed that as a beginner. And the camera was still a very cheap little Sony camera that I was using back then. And I thought it looked great. And now I'm looking at it thinking, hmm, that looks a bit like an amateur camera. But it's all salvageable. Um, and what I'm, what, I'm going, what I'm trying to do now, just for the sake of efficiency and because I have to quickly start filming for the second part of that Pope Francis uh, uh, series um, this week. I'm trying to reuse that material, re-edit it, do a voiceover, tie it more to the, to the pontificate of Pope Francis. 
and uh, and I have to crank that out before the end of tomorrow because on Wednesday I want to take my day off and uh, Wednesday evening the episode has to be finished so it's a it's a ton of work um, but because of that because I've been working so hard and there's, there's two more episodes and then I'm done then you know the things will actually really lighten up uh, a little bit for me I've I've been tired and I kind of ignored this pretty severe cold that I had a, a few weeks ago and usually when I do that and I, I don't rest enough um, it's my lungs that suffer and uh, when I was in Rome this is what is it 2001 2003 so that's a long time ago 15 years ago um, I was on the brink of, of pneumonia and I've uh, ignored that back then I was also working too hard <laughs> it's a constant in my life and at one point I had to go to the hospital because I uh, was diagnosed with a, a, like a very light pneumonia had to be treated and uh, but I had been suffering from this these lung problems for uh, for months actually several months and the doctor that back then t- told me you'll see this will come back to bite you in the end <laughs> you will you have an exp- uh, an increased risk of uh, of bronchitis uh, like chronic bronchitis so as soon as you get symptoms of your mostly it's the upper part of my lungs that get irritated you've got the the bronchi that get uh, uh, inflamed as soon as you notice that the recipe is don't ignore it don't make the same mistake that you did while here in Rome but rest that's you don't need to get antibiotics etc it's an irritation of the bronchi but if you continue to ignore it and you over you do too much work or you uh, I don't know do a lot of physical uh, uh, exertion that may actually turn into a full full fledged bronchitis which then if you ignore that will turn into <laughs> a uh, into pneumonia and ever since I've been very very careful when I had these symptoms and most of that is coming from like this upper you feel that my up the upper lungs are are ir- irritated when you walk outside and it's still cold in the morning, for instance, I immediately start coughing. What I know is I have to calm down. I have to slow down. It doesn't mean that I can't work, but I just have to take time. And especially, don't overdo it. Sleep enough, etc. So that's what I've been doing um, uh, last week, despite the work. And uh, this week, I intend to do the same. So I... This weekend, I really took it as slow as possible. Friday, last Friday, was uh, was too busy, was too stressful. I had a meeting about uh, the contract uh, with the uh, the television contract, which has been a discussion that's been going on for several months, and there were still some stuff, things that weren't clear, weren't cleared up. There was confusion about the kind of reimbursement that I would get for certain tasks or certain activities so it was it did require uh, a bit of energy to kind of uh, put all that in a, in a place where I could be happy about it and uh, uh, Martin who is my uh, usually uh, assisting me in these uh, these kind of matters was ill I was at home so I had to do it by myself and when I came back home, I had a fever. My face was red. I was just, it was, t- was too much. And, and since then, I was coughing all the time. 
So a clear sign that I'd been ignoring my physical boundaries, I think. So on Saturday, I did absolutely nothing. I just took time for myself. I, I can't even remember exactly what I did, which is exactly the right thing <laughs> because it means that I, I really relaxed. I, I did a lot of reading. I read um, a part of that book, uh, the, the Martel book, the, the one about the Vatican. Uh, that I spoke of last uh, in the last episode. By the way, thank you so much for all your reactions on last week's episode, and uh, in which I told you about my own experiences in Rome and kind of what the th- my thoughts uh, with regard to the uh, abuse crisis in 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 the church, but also the crisis in inside the, the Roman Curia. So I've been reading about thirty percent of the book now, and it's uh, I've got a, a kind of a mixed impression. Um, some of it is really good. Seems to be very thoroughly researched. Some of it is is um, gossip, and not very scientific. I have to say, there's a lot of like, uh, well, I presume this and I think that, but there are no facts that uh, that he builds upon. And then there are some some chapters that are kind of fluff, like <laughs> really not necessary for the book. There's an entire chapter where he talks about. Jacques Maritain, uh, this is a French philosopher, theologian, and he's got a theory about the Maritain codes. So it's basically people that have uh, same-sex attraction but don't practice and then try to sublimate that through spiritualization or something like that. Anyway, but you're like I was reading through that chapter and it's like, okay, well, get on with it. <laughs> this is this is a little this is really conjecture and seems almost like a, a, a bit of a French thing where he wants to display how much he has read and how knowledgeable he is about philosophy and it feels a bit forced and unnecessary for the book. So anyway I did. I read uh, a lot of that book, I will, will talk about it a little bit more, I'll give you like my one third or my 33% uh, review uh, in, in my other show on, uh, on Tradio.com So I read it on, on Sunday I had masses and you know what I, it, sometimes when I'm when I'm working hard, these these masses can become a bit of a burden. Not really celebrating mass, but it's also the pastoral contacts afterwards, where sometimes people, I'm I'm only in those locations every once in a while, you know. Like that, I was now in a parish church that I hadn't been to for five weeks or something like that, and so sometimes people, people will actually want to talk for an extended time about what's going on in their lives. And uh, a while ago that happened to me, and I just felt that it was just so demanding, and so the only thing I wanted to do was being home and not having people talk to me. And that, whereas now, I've, I've felt with the, the uh, rest that I'd taken on Saturday, I had much more room in my, in my head, <laughs> uh, in my heart also, to listen to these stories and to be of use pastoral from a pastoral point of view and I, I felt they felt good it was like okay this is this is what I'm supposed to be for people uh, I mean, how terrible is it to be a priest and at the same time have that feeling that I don't have time for what is one of my core my core jobs it's to be there for people to be a, a, a pastor to accompany people and to listen to their stories if, if my life is organized in such a way that I don't have the energy to do that then I need to do something about the organization of my life. So it already has some benefits. 
And then on uh, after Mass, I was that parish church was in a beautiful part of the of uh, the region with woods and everything. I figured I may I may as well just go out for a, for a walk, and the, the weather was just as gorgeous as it is today. And uh, on, I noticed right away after about an hour, I was out of breath. I was really exhausted, which also shows me that I'm not fit and uh, and I need to take it easy. Need to be careful. So for the rest of the day, again, I did not much, didn't do much. And uh, this week, I was hoping to go film in a number of places for a project, and uh, I I actually said uh, I, I I sent my cameraman director instead, who was who was going to go there anyway with me but I, I told him to do it alone and I think it's better to be safe than sorry if I if I don't rest enough this may actually last much longer and honestly I don't want to be sick around this time of the year <laughs> and the weather is too beautiful and I just want to feel good again so um, but that, clear, that clears up my schedule a little bit it gives me a little bit more space to just focus on on the the few things that I have to do, and uh, I'm pretty happy with the the things, the projects that I'm currently working on. Um, so anyway, that that is kind of what's going on work-wise. Uh, also, focusing on just every aspect of my work. That's why I'm recording this walk, and I'm I'm outside. I know I take a risk walking outside, or at least my lungs take a bit of a, a risk to do that. But it, I think I can manage. It's only half an hour. And then I go back. And this morning I wrote kind of the, the outline for the, uh, for the story about uh, Pope Francis, the first episode. And I'm at the same time putting things in place for some other shows. Um, you, you know, with the, the, the Catholic channel that, I, that we started, um, we had a very, very good uh, meeting last week where we did an evaluation of how, what, what have we done so far and um, uh, what is our feeling, our overall feeling. Well, that's very good. We've been really well received and people really enjoy, especially the fact that we are going to, to visit the parishes and to listen to what's happened. And that we had this, this entire discussion about what, what makes us, I wouldn't say unique, but what is our specific place in the world of Catholic media? And we already knew that we weren't going to be this news organization that is out of our reach, and I don't think it's the most important thing. So we ultimately ended up in formulating that what we want to do is to to adopt the attitude that I think makes is su- makes such an impression uh, in in Pope Francis his attitude his his pontificate and that is that he is really he enjoys meeting people and to listen to to their stories so he's not in the first place a preacher although he can be very wise but he makes the most impression on people because he listens and he goes where not everyone will go and he represents the church there and Christ in a certain way um in the company of a lot of people that normally wouldn't be able to tell their story. And he is there as the Pope and in a way as a representative of the of the church that wants to be with the people that suffer, that are ignored, that are in the margin. And I, I feel that 
in our mission, that should also be one of our primary goals and activities. It is our job to listen and to let people tell their story. And we are witnesses. We're, we're not um, telling the, the world what to do. Uh, we're not in the first place teachers, although there will be definitely some, some, some activities in the future that will be geared towards explaining things or educating people about faith. But our, right now in this phase, it's all about listening and about being at the service of these, all these people that try to follow uh, Jesus in their lives and try to live their faith. And we want to hear those experiences. And that is, that is what, what helps us also decide what to do and what not to do, or, or at least what, what not to do right now. So with that in mind, having thought about what is our, whether is our, what is our core attitude, our core philosophy, we kind of went back to our schedule. Where do we invest our time? And we decided to make a few adjustments in the sense that we've noticed that because we were on the schedule of, of producing this weekly talk show, but with actually a very, very small core team of people that organize that, we have one person that has one day per week to produce the guests, to do all the intake conversations, to find the location, produce the location. That is a ton of work. Plus, we had the actual recording of the of the show and the editing we because we don't have the budget to get ourselves for instance a switcher like a video switcher you know when 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 uh, when normally in the in the in the world of television you record a talk show you may have a couple of cameras and a number of microphones and then on location there is someone usually the director who chooses like camera one, or let's do camera two, and now we move on to the next topic. Since a, a device like that costs, what is it? I, I just found one that is about 2500 to 3000 if you would include taxes. So that's a very expensive device, um, and you can only use that with more professional cameras, and right now we're using a mix of cameras, um, two of which are, are just on uh, HDMI. So as soon as you want to go to the next level, which would be, I think, very good for, for our, let's say, our production workflow, because it would allow us to edit on the spot. And when we come home, we already, we don't have to do the entire editing of all the camera views, which I have to do now after the fact. But that would be finished, and the only thing we need to do is to kind of tweak it a little bit, and it, so it would speed up our production. But we don't have the finances to buy such a device yet. It, it would be... Um, not proportional to, to our resources and uh, all the other investments that we're currently making. So the only way to solve that is to adjust your activities to the resources that you have. And so we've decided to do uh, one show to record. One Thursday we're going to record the show. Then we give ourselves about five days to edit everything. Uh, so we kind of take away the, the, the pressure there too, especially the time pressure. And then uh, we publish it the next week. So we still have that... Um, we will have basically um, a live meeting with our or audience on location while we're recording the show. And then the next week we're sharing that experience with our followers. And that frees up time to add new programs 
to our lineup that are uh, in, for which we are also trying to find new, more efficient ways of producing them. Um, one of those shows is also going to be interview-based, but there will also be an element, a culinary element. That's all, what I, all I'm going to say about it. And I think it is going to be really fun. It's a very, very different type of show. Um, and so, we, and we can pre-record those shows. So that's another advantage over the talk shows, is that we can record a number of those shows on on the same day, and we can spread it out. So that will also, again, help us free up resources and time and people for the other things that we do. And then we have a third program uh, that we're currently working out, and that is going to be a program for our core audience. Uh, we've we've thought of of course about the type of people that we want to reach first doesn't mean that you don't want to reach everyone but if we have to picture our audience it's actually young parents that is our main demographic that we're trying to reach it's I think also the kind of the forgotten target audience Uh, we have a lot of stuff in the church communication towards kids in preparation for the, the sacraments in those early years and then there's nothing, <laughs> almost nothing. And then you get the older people. You get, like, the, the, uh, the, well, what my television show is geared towards. It's the generation that is uh, around 70 years and older. And that is, of course, requires a different choice of topics, a different approach, a different style. But these young parents are actually very important for the transmission of the faith to the new generation. And so for the for the growth of the church or for its development for the future of the church that is a that's a demographic that you have to support as much as possible and so for that particular target audience we are going to make another series of shows and that is a very cool idea I'm super excited about it can't really talk about it yet because I never know who's listening to these shows Uh, we don't want to get the word out before we have everything in place but we are definitely going to um, film a series that will target those parents, those young parents of young children, and that we hope will help them to assume their role as not just as parents, which is already hard enough, but also as Catholic parents, and help them with the transmission of faith. So I'm happy with that, uh, happy with the choices, happy with that, with the kind of clarity that, that we uh, I think found because we created some room to think about those like those principal choices that we want to make and what's what's our core philosophy who, who is our target audience it's a discussion that we had before we even started the channel but now after a couple of weeks it was really refreshing to sit down and without any pressure without any deadlines to just sit back and think or kind of think okay this is where we are What's going to be the next step? And to make some new choices. And you know what? It's The fun thing about this whole channel is that we can do anything we want. We can just try out stuff and see if it sticks. And if we discover, well, that was a little bit I mean, very ambi- or too ambitious, we kind of scale it down a little bit and we find other ways to do the same things. So it's a very fluid, creative process. And I think that is... For me, that's the ideal way of working in this field. 
Um, very different from television where you have to plan in advance, ideally again, uh, weeks or even months in advance what you're going to do. Uh, you, have, you have this ongoing stress of all those deadlines that you need to meet. And there's very little back and forth. The, the, the format, especially in the television world, is usually something you, you redefine every, every three or four years, if at all. I mean, there's shows that are the same since the 1930s. So, um, and that, of course, also has its value. That's just the way the television wor- world works. But I really enjoy um, this, this newfound creative space where we can just figure things out while we go. And the process of figuring things out and sometimes failing and sometimes not meeting our goals and sometimes exceeding them is part of the fun. It's part of the process. And we try to involve our audiences as much as possible in that process of, of growing. And I want to make basically our, our viewers just as ambitious as we are so that they feel that they too are important to make this a success. And so the, the key to that, of course, is also communication. Is when, when we are scaling down the kind of the frequency of our talk shows, it is simply because we, don't, we, we have so many plans, but we don't have all the resources yet. We're a very small start, startup, basically. And so, um, but, but people can help us. I'm mean, actually walking here in the, one of the shopping streets and this is a kind of a, a small mall like there's glass on top of me and expensive uh, shops that sell uh, fashion and shoot. what is this this looks like a, a winter shop like there are Christmas trees <laughs> and an owl and a moose this show doesn't match my outfit at all is written on the windows and the the window is, is, is painted with all sorts of snowflakes. I guess this is like a pop-up store or something like that. And it's closed now. Oh, here. Happy holidays. Retinos kind of days. Let it snow. Winter wonderland. Wow. What, that, is, <laughs> that is jarring when the weather feels like summertime. Hey. I, crazy. And then the, the store next to this winter store is filled with uh, fashion, like springtime fashion. <laughs> Oh, boy. So um, it's encouraging for, for me, at least, to work in this. It's, uh, uh, the, the frustration is not there. And it's, I, I'm enjoying this, this bouncing up and down and kind of like adjusting and thinking creatively and, and basically trying to make the most of the very limited means that we have. There is there's something exhilarating about that, especially when it works out, when we're able to do things that we weren't able to do before because we're thinking out of the box. Um, I, w- I wonder if there's anything else. Well, I could, I could share more about my thoughts on the recent summit uh, in the Vatican, but I'm going to do that um, in my other show. So if you want to listen to my take on that, uh, on, the, on the more recent developments, um, check out my other show. It's just called Father Roderick, and you can find it wherever you uh, get your podcasts. And, of course, also on Tridio.com. That's T-R-I-D-E-O.com. Thank you so much for your support, for the, taking the time to listen to me this week. And I'll keep you posted on, uh, on everything else that, that is going on in my life and in the work that I do. But for that, you'll have to come back next week. So take care. Have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll talk soon.
บาย